Asking God removes pride, meaning when we ask God for anything, we are relying on him to provide for us. However, when we ask God for something, there must be an established connection to him. God clearly tells Jeremiah in the Old Testament that he was there for him if he needed him. God always wanted him to convey this same principle to the Israelites when they were in captivity. He said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's found in Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, the 3rd verse. Also, God told King David, And call up me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. That's found in Psalms 50th chapter, in the 15th verse. Lastly, Psalm 91 and 15 tells us how God affirms his intentions to bless us when we put our trust in him to provide and help us when he said, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. All three scriptures tell us God's desire to be the priority source of meeting our needs. But there must be a relationship and a desire to please God by keeping his commandments. Now, His commandments are grounded in obedience and trust. False teachers preach that we can charge our atmosphere. We have the power to call down wealth. Or we can speak a thing into existence. Most commonly, we pray over ourselves and heal ourselves. This is usurping the commands of God in accordance with the Jeremiah 33 and 3, Psalms 50 and 15 scriptures. This is why God sent Jesus to become the advocate and intercede on our behalf, because following the false teachings would prove to be disobedience and an act of sin. Satan will have us believe that just because a scripture is used or quoted, it makes it the gospel, but it does not. What makes the gospel is the good news of salvation and deliverance. Therefore, when a false teacher uses the scripture out of context or to elevate their own doctrine or faith and belief, we stand in direct contrast to God's will. Thus, this can be called sin, and the wages of sin is death. So many of us are dying by the minute because we are willing to believe what their leader says above all. Instead, leaders should teach their congregants to study to show themselves approved and to seek the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to guide them through the scriptures. Jesus sent us a comforter who is the Holy Spirit to keep us connected closely to God's plan and will for the believers in him. Paul reiterated that each true believer and true teacher of our faith has these qualities. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of the the prophet for all. For the one is 
given the word of wisdom through the spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to the another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, and another the working of miracles, to other, another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills and acts the Holy Spirit to lead them into all truth. That's found in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 7 through the 11th verse. Contrarily, false teachers have perfected the art of begging in the name of Jesus and telling Christians that meekness is the same as being poor. This is not biblical and sound teaching. Many false teachers have learned how to infuse curses and intimidation when it comes to supporting the church. Meaning, leaders believe that the offering and the tithes given to the church is to help sustain them personally. This is taken from the Old Testament scriptures that tells about the Levites being priests of the first temple and that the first fruits or the tenth of the harvest are to be offered to God via the priests who were the Levites. Also, we see that tithes are further implemented in other scriptures of the Old Testament, such as Numbers 18 chapter 21st through the 24th verse says, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meetings. Hereafter, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall perform the work of of the tabernacle of meetings, and they shall bear their iniquities. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and that among the children of Israel, that they shall have no inheritance for the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, Among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. Additionally, the Torah instructs that the tithe should be of the five grains, which were wheat, barley, oat, goat grass, spelt, or rye, wine, olive oil, fruit, and cattle, Tithes in that time were specific and ritualistic to the point that it had to be followed precisely without deviation, or the offering will be cursed due to disobedience. Leviticus, the 27th chapter, 30th to the 33rd verse, tells us, And all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning 
the tithe of the herd or the flock of whatever passes under the rod. The tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the old exchanged, for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. The Old Testament and the Torah gives instructions and detailed reasons for tithing, and both writings are specific to the time and era of the post-Egypt Israelites. Yet, false teachers dismissed the relevance to why tithing was created specifically for the Levites of Israel. And they continue to teach the believers to tithe to them because we are grafted in Israelites, such as Gentile believers in Jesus. False teachers have used the Old Testament scripture found in Malachi 3. 8 and 18 to have falsely intimidated churchgoers into believing that if they do not tithe, they are cursed. However, false teachers of this scripture fail to explain the context of these scriptures and its relevance directly to the priests who were stealing and robbing the tithes and offerings given to the storehouse by the people. What the scripture says it is supportive in other scriptures that relate to tithing with grain and flock. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will be no room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Tithing in this particular scripture relates to offerings that the people brought to the temple where the Levitical purposefully stolen and tainted the offerings in which were ordained by God to live from. Malachi isn't addressing the discretions of Christians who desire to give within the scripture. It is not the future offerings that postmodern churches falsely subjugate congregants under. It is the contextual priest of that time. This revealed that ultimately people, regardless of their affiliation or position, has an inherent ability to sin and disobey God's command and moral statute. Therefore, just like the Old Testament priests, modern-day preachers have and are fleecing God but the offerings that are now being stolen are the hearts 
and desires are the people who want to worship and give their all to God in worship and commitment. The Old Testament is very concise in referencing tithing with grain, fruit, and livestock, mainly the fruits of the individual person's labor. It was their understanding that their families would be blessed due to the obedience of following to the letter the specific grain, fruits, and livestock being offered. However, this is not consistent with the false teachers and what they are teaching about giving or offering. Unfortunately, they have used this passage to scare believers in Christ into thinking that they are robbing God by not giving their monetary earnings to the church. And as a result, believers are subjugated into thinking they must give a tenth of their earnings to maintain the functions of the church or to support the blessed leader of the church. This is a blatant offense to the knowledge of God. We must ask ourselves if God truly needs us to support a church and a pastor every Saturday or Sunday with cash tides when the money could be better used to serve the communities or individual people who come to us for help. Church growers are being told that the tides go to certain functions of the church and to maintain uh, different outreach projects. However, can that be truly verified as true and seen in the community? And if so, why are people made to believe that they will be cursed if they did not tithe or give? Moreover, a question should come to the believer's mind when they are told to tithe for their church is, where are the fruits of their labor really going? Many church leaders have sold their souls into the shepherd's movements, hierarchy of leadership, in order to systematically move the money through a network of giving and paying for the word. Some leaders use this statement, if you are blessed and fed by listening to the word of God, then you are obligated to bless the person who you are receiving it from. This is why you pay tithes, because you are blessing the word that is being given to you. And many use this New Testament scripture to validate their authority to get money, not because of the preaching or teaching and service. It is because of the title or position that the church goer must respect. Acts 4th chapter, the 33rd verse through the 35th verse says, And with great power... The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of the lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. However, can a person truly say that giving to a church or a church leader via tithes had made you lack of nothing? On the contrary, 
many who pay tithes are in situations where the money that they are giving are their very last offering of faith or offering to the Lord to bless them. The scripture says there was not anyone among who lacked. This is because they were a true community of believers who cared for the well-being and needs of each other. Each of the believers who gave were cheerfully giving because it was the right thing to do. And they saw the fruits of their labor being used for the good of the entire congregation. This is not the case in some churches. False teachers and leaders have learned how to manipulate the heart of their congregants to believe that they are supposed to be wealthy live in expensive mansions and wear expensive suits and the leader's families are equally and extravagantly taken care of. Unfortunately, that a man would really rob God and hold his members in financially and spiritual bondage in order to elevate and maintain a millionaire's lifestyle is witchcraft and financial bondage. Something is blatantly in error when a church leader has jets, limousines, multiple houses, and expensive wardrobes, and their immediate family lives like they are millionaires as well. Yet most of the congregation is receiving public assistance. They are homeless or threatened by homelessness and are suffering from mental illness because of the struggle and bondage imposed on them by their leader. If the original apostles who had great spiritual power and gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus did not fleece, beg, or demand that a tithe and offering be paid, how dare a person who does not have the same credentials as the original apostles put so much psychological and demonic influence over someone? As believers... We are to be cheerful and give from our hearts to the establishment that we fellowship. We must never allow the spiritual bondage of tithing keep us subjected to a man or woman in leadership. Each of these leaders are not following the instructions of Jesus in Luke, the 10th chapter, the 1st through the 4th verse where it tells us, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his, his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I will send out as lambs among the wolves, carrying neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals, and greet one along the way. If they are doing the work of the church, would it not be correct for them to not ask for anything in return, simply because Jesus instructed the disciples to not carry a money bag? I know it could have been because of the road being dangerous and people could possibly rob them of the goods that they 
receive. But what if the reason was because Jesus wanted to show them that God will supply all of their needs. In return, they were infilled with the power and signs and wonders followed them. Luke 10 and 17 continues to reveal the true blessings of obedience when leaders put the true mission of salvation at the forefront. It says, Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Isn't that the true mission of the church? To put the works of Satan back into subjection in the lives of the believers in Christ. Greed and excessiveness among the leaders of the church is a detriment to the embodiment of Christ. Jesus called out the scribes and the Pharisees of his days as being greedy, unholy, opportunists who only saw their personal needs as important and believed that they deserved the riches, prestige, and extravagance from the changes of money and tithes donated to the temple. We must be able to call out the spirit of the Pharisees when we see it in leadership. Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, 23rd verse, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. Many believers in tithing use this scripture to say that Jesus condoned tithes when in fact he mentioned it in a derogatory manner. He was making a point that the Pharisees were excited about the Old Testament protocol of giving the spices and fruits to the temple, but they neglected to preach and teach love, faith, and mercy. In the church, there are countless sermons on tithing and offerings, wealth, and not living in poverty as a Christian. However, many other sermons address how to get wealth and how to manage church finances, but not how to love and be a truthful blessing to others with blessings that God gives us to help others who are hurting and seeking the Lord for healing. Remember that Satan's job is to steal our hope and joy, kill the thoughts that God has a plan for us, and destroy the relationship we have with God by keeping us in bondage to the works of the flesh. Jesus gives us life, and God gives us a hope and a future. Lastly, the Holy Spirit comforts and instructs each of us how to live according to the premise of the Bible so that we don't fall into temptations of greed, pride, and self-indulgence on the backs of others. Tithing is a part of the law of the Old Testament that allow atonement for sins to be paid through the labor of their hands. Many of the Old Testament laws were written so that today's Christians can prepare for the Holy Spirit to dwell in their hearts and minds to a level that we have 
love and faith enough to show mercy on widows and orphans and other members of our congregation who are suffering and impoverished that the Holy Spirit will show us how to give and it shall be given back to us the individual with good measure pressed down shaken together and running over you see this is how we are blessed not from tithes or offerings Jesus was the last tithe and offering that was needed and now we must accept the offering and cheerfully give so that others can be blessed and our fellow brethren can have all things in common so that they can concentrate on being an effective disciple with the power to overcome Satan.